This is Brain Diet, episode number 19. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I was thinking about this episode, and I was brainstorming what some of the most powerful lessons are that I have learned through coaching. And it really made me reflect on my life since I found coaching and what effects that it has had on my life. And it made me want to share my favorite lessons that I've learned. So that's what this episode is today. I am sharing with you some of my favorite lessons that coaching has taught me and how it has been so useful in my life. And what is so beautiful about this is I will probably be able to do this episode again in two years with completely new and different favorite lessons. And I could do it again two years later. And I probably will be able to do that, have new and different and amazing favorite lessons every two years, because that's how this work works. And even though like that will be true, that I'll be able to do this forever, it won't necessarily be because I found deeper information or because I discover something more revolutionary in terms of content than what I'm teaching now. Anything deeper and revolutionary only comes from within ourselves. It's not because the tools of coaching get more advanced the more that you do them and apply them. Coaching is so beautifully simple and growth and improvement comes from just continually applying the principles and being willing to look inside yourself. It's a work that I will continue to do for the rest of my life. I will coach myself and work with private coaches and be in the coaching world for as long as I am alive. Because having a coach makes the journey of growth so fun. And it's amazing to have someone with you that celebrates you and it's that they celebrate all of your successes along the way. I look at the difference between my life three years ago and my life now, and it feels like two totally different worlds almost because of how much I have changed because of coaching. It's hard to imagine that things could get any better from where they are now. Yet I think if I can make that much change and grow that much in just three years, can you imagine where it would be in like 20 Like because I valued myself and my mental health and because I invested time and money and other resources into those things, I have created massive change and I had so much fun doing it. It just reaffirms how important it is to invest in yourself. If I had listened to those doubtful thoughts three years ago and had acted on them, the thoughts that said, I just don't have enough time, we just don't have enough money, it can't really make that big of a difference, I would have missed out on the benefits that I'm enjoying today. And seeing that evidence reminds me that when I have those same thoughts now about moving forward in my mental health journey or moving forward in any type of journey I'm on, I have to come back and tell my brain, whoa, whoa. Don't forget, this is the best investment we can make. Which brings me to the first of my very favorite lessons. 
One of my very favorite lessons is the concept of gifts to my future self. Right now, I am the future self to that person three years ago. That person three years ago gave me right now so many gifts. That person invested time every day and money and effort and diligence and discomfort. And now I'm reaping the reward of those things. Sometimes we don't think about ourselves in the future, at least not in our ideal way, our ideal future self. We don't think of who we want to be. What would be the ideal version of us in the future? And it takes practice to develop that crucial relationship with that future version of you. Like if you were to consider yourself five or 10 years from now, who is it that you have become? What have you created? Consider that person that is the ideal version of you, that has mastered all of the skills and overcome all of the obstacles. Envision that person and have a conversation with them. Imagine this person is at your goal weight or has made a million dollars. What advice would that future self have for you now? When I am pursuing a goal, sometimes I can get stuck in the how am I ever going to do this mindset? But all I have to do is imagine that future version of me that has achieved it. And I ask that person questions. I seek advice from that person. Like some of the very best advice I've ever gotten is from that future version of me. She always tells me the right thing to do. And I love her. I love that future version of me. I am very thankful for her and all of the advice she offers me. So as a thank you, I am constantly giving her gifts. My favorite example that I do every day, (laughs) giving my future self a gift, is my kitchen at night. My kitchen, by the end of the day, after the kids have gone to bed, is usually pretty disastrous. There are crumbs all over the floor. The table and the countertops are covered in food. The high chair is sticky, and I've got a sink full of dishes. And every night, I have a conversation with my future self. I say, hey, I hope you know how much I care about you. I'm going to clean up this kitchen. So tomorrow, when I become you since you're in the future, I am going to be so glad that me in the present took the time to clean up. Future self, I'm going to give you this gift so you can relax through the morning and start the day off right. Now, I have a similar conversation when it comes to everything that I eat. Everything I am in this very moment is an accumulation of all of the things that my past self has eaten. So now when I plan what I'm going to eat for the following day, I say to myself in the future, these foods will be the very best choices for you. I'm making this plan because I know that it will serve you well. Then the following day, when I have an urge to eat something that I didn't plan, I think I want to give my future self the gift of feeling good. And having proper fuel and being able to think clearly and move easily. So I eat the things I'd planned and give that gift 
to myself in the future. If I'm not giving gifts to myself in the future, that future self will still eventually become my present self. And I will be an accumulation of what I did anyway. So if I'm going to be future me anyway, I'm constantly thinking of how I can serve her. Now, my next favorite lesson I've learned is that discomfort is an amazing thing. Discomfort is the currency of success. Now, we have that primal part of our brain, that primal part that is looking to avoid discomfort at all costs. It believes that discomfort is threatening, and so it's something that needs to be solved for and continually avoided. But learning that discomfort is actually amazing and that discomfort usually means that I'm doing it right has created so much success for me. Like in the simplest terms, I look at how much discomfort I feel when I exercise now and my relationship with it. When I was in junior high, I played on the basketball team and I remember the coach punishing us by running. Like we were late, we ran. We talked too much, we ran. We missed practice, we ran. And the discomfort I felt during those runs made me hate exercising. (laughs) It made me dread it and I never wanted to do it. And then a few years later, when I was struggling with depression and anxiety, I just thought, all right, I'm going to give it a shot and just see what happens, meaning exercise. I'm just going to give exercise a shot. I think I even started with just walking and then I started, I, I worked my way into running and then I eventually found weightlifting. And what I realized was even though there was a lot of that physical discomfort in exercise, the same physical discomfort that I felt in junior high I learned to love that discomfort so much. I actually started to chase the discomfort of exercise because I knew how much it helped me. Like I actually started to like it. And now here I am years later having exercised thousands of days and all of that discomfort led me to this very moment where I am stronger than I've ever been and in better shape as well. And as I've been building a business Good things and growth have only come when I have required myself to feel discomfort first. The phrase, get out of your comfort zone, is exactly what I've had to do as I've tried things that I've had no idea how to do or put myself out there and been so uncomfortable about it. I have an email list where I send a weekly email that is just a quick thought to add some joy to your week. And It's called my Thursday thought play email. And I remember setting up the account and I was so uncomfortable doing it. I didn't know how to do it. And then writing my first email was so uncomfortable. I took so much time and had to learn how to format things. And then I had to write the content and the copy. And I spent a lot of time feeling that discomfort. And now I can put one of those emails together in 10 minutes and it's second nature. But I had to feel that discomfort first in order to get to where I am today. Like to have the growth to be able to do that, I had to feel uncomfortable. And what's been really interesting to watch is how my relationship with discomfort has changed. Like just how it changed with the physical discomfort of exercise, I've watched it change with the emotional discomfort of growth and progress. And what's even cooler is to find myself seeking out discomfort. 
It's not just that I avoid discomfort or even just allow it when it happens. I find myself looking for discomfort in certain areas. Like I'm addicted to the results it creates. So though it's a negative emotion, I am all about it. It's what made my life go from good to extraordinary, all because I was willing to feel discomfort and embrace it. Now, my next favorite lesson is this. I am in charge of the story I tell myself. How we think creates how we feel. And if we aren't mindful of how we think, our brain is automatically inclined to think negatively. Like it's, it's a programming part of our brain that it just is thinking negatively because it believes that to be useful because it identifies problems to be solved. So I think in the past, I used to assume I was just making factual observations about my life when in reality, it was a negative version of a story. My husband, Ben, for example, would ask me how my day was. And it wasn't like I was just dumping a whole bunch of crap on him necessarily. It was much more subtle, but I would say things like, man, I just didn't get enough sleep last night and I was super tired. And then things were hard at work and it was just kind of a long day. And to me, all of those things felt really true. And I felt like I was just making observations and reporting the facts when in reality, that story, though so subtle, felt really terrible to me. And it wasn't useful to tell that story. Like, why did I deem it so necessary to describe my days like that to my husband? Like, I felt like such a victim to my circumstances when in reality, it was just a crappy version of a story. I wasn't like totally negative all the time, but my default negativity that I was talking about came out a lot. And one of my favorite questions that I get asked when I'm being coached is, why are you choosing to think that? Like of all of the stories you could tell yourself about your day, why would you choose that one? It's the same way with our past. It's the same way with my past. I could look at my past and in a nutshell, I could tell this story. I could say I was severely depressed and anxious in high school, but I hustled my way, barely surviving into college. I was totally OCD. I was a perfectionist with my grades. And then I was abused in college by someone that I thought I trusted. And that abuse carried over into my marriage. I was a victim, but I'm still standing here today. Or I could tell myself this story. I learned so much about myself in high school. I learned that getting help is one of the best things I can ever do for myself. I learned all of the signs in myself to look for that indicate that I just need a little bit of TLC. I went to the college I had dreamed of going to, and I had an experience there that made me appreciate my husband each and every day. I am the one in charge of what story I choose. But I have to do just that. I have to be deliberate and choose it. I have to be aware of the current story I'm telling myself and notice whether or not it's one I want to keep. Otherwise, if I'm not being deliberate, if I'm not choosing the story I want to tell myself, the negative one will happen to me by default. Like in terms of my health, I am very deliberate as well about the story that I tell. When I was first told that I had lesions in my brain and I was subsequently diagnosed with this rare neurological disease, the story I told myself was that things made no sense. 
Like I took such good care of myself. How did this happen? I can't believe that this is real. And I held the space for my brain to tell that story for a while. And I didn't try to change it too quickly. But once the shock of everything wore off, I got really clear on what story I would tell myself. And since then, the main story that I tell myself is this. I am a human being. I have a brain. I have a body. I can walk and I can see. And that is where I stay. I choose that story because it helps me get out of my own way. It helps me live life while I have life to live. But had I not known to be in charge of the story that I tell, it would have been so easy for my mind to wander off into places that I didn't want it to. I still notice it now where my mind starts to go in that direction and I have to be so mindful of it and remind myself I'm in charge of this story. Now the storytelling component of all these lessons is also really important when it comes to the future. We think we are making observations sometimes when we start talking about our futures. We imagine a worst case scenario and we get stuck believing that it's as good as done, that it's already happened and it's the only possible option. And the truth is, worst case scenarios, they can and do happen. I'm not trying to talk you out of that, but if we're constantly telling ourselves the story before it's even happened and that story is constantly negative, we at least have to tell ourselves the best case scenario too. Because at this point in the present moment, the worst case scenario and the best case scenario are equally as possible. Like we have to give equal airtime to both scenarios. So tell yourself a story about your future that serves you and entertain it for a while. Now, the last and final lesson that is one of my favorites that I have learned is concerning love. Have you ever been driving or you're somewhere by yourself and you think about someone that you love and you instantly are filled with love for them? Like they don't even have to be with you or you don't even have to tell them that you're thinking about them. You just feel so much love for them. Like that's because thoughts we have create the feeling of love. Thoughts we have about another person create the emotion of love within us. This means that we can always choose to think loving thoughts. If we were to always choose to think loving thoughts about other people, we would always get to feel love. I remember there was this person that I was just getting so irritated with. (laughs) And it sort of became a consistent thing where I was getting irritated with this person all the time. This person didn't even have to be around. I would just think about them and instantly be irritated. (laughs) And this concept at first kind of made me mad. This concept of love, it made me mad at first because I was like, why would I think loving thoughts about this person? They don't deserve that. They are way too irritating. (laughs) Until I realized that thinking loving thoughts isn't for the benefit of the person you are loving. It is for you because you get to feel love. 
I somehow thought that I would be punishing this person by being irritated with them when in reality, I was just punishing myself by thinking crappy thoughts and feeling irritated because of it. So I allowed myself to think loving thoughts and feel love for this person. And the best part was I started showing up differently. And I started to see that in myself. And it was like this light bulb when I realized, wait a minute, I love how I am when I love people. It feels so good to love. I love it. Loving people never steers me wrong. And that's one of the reasons I tell you, whoever you are that is listening, that I love you. Because many of you, I don't even know. But I love you because I genuinely do. And because I genuinely love you, I want to share my favorite lessons with you in hopes that they will be helpful to you as well, as helpful for you as they have been for me. So those are a few of my favorite lessons that I have learned in my journey as a coach and in my journey being coached, giving gifts to my future self, discomfort being amazing, choosing the story I tell myself, and loving because love feels amazing. I hope that you have enjoyed what I've shared today. Don't forget, schedule a free mini session with me if you're ready to learn all of these lessons and many, many more. The link for that is in the show notes. Have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. (music) 